Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Meeting Tetris is our life goal, it's VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, Pete Donaldson and Andy Robinson. This week, our predictions for 2024 in gaming and a small smattering of news. But first, how are we doing, folks? Pete, you look like a new man with that shaved bum of yours. Yeah, I, for various reasons, decided to um, shave uh, my moustache off. Um, It doesn't look great. I don't like it. And I would like it back, please. Whoever stole my moustache, I'm going to go down the back of the sink and start taping, super gluing the hair back to my face. Yeah, it's it's not a great look. I'm I'm going to see Jordan. I'm a mess. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm entering 2024, how I left 2023, a dribbling... Ugly little orc of a boy. I don't know. I think I think you. I think it takes years off. You. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't. You weren't a particularly old looking fella beforehand. Mm. But you're. You're. You look like your promo shots from like ten years ago. Now. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, and Ian Wright at Absolute Radio doing doing tricks with the football. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, when are you shaving off your facial hair and Never. going back? To Never. It's, 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 it'll come off the next time I'm happy. Which uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> since I'm Andy. since I'm four days into dry January. It's uh, it is some weeks away. <laughs> um, I was I was thinking about doing a dry January, but obviously alcohol is not my tipple. It is the glory of the Majesty that is Monster, mm. and I've um, I've cut back. I only drink them while I'm working now, so it's 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 a new dawn. It's a the, new the, day. the hardest thing about dry January is any football games that come up. I had mm. to. I went the other day. Driving to the football is weird, and then being at the football <laughs> with, especially where I am now, I get like a free drinks voucher. And when you're in a world of like eight pound pints. You're not wasting your free drinks voucher on a Fanta. So I've got got them stashed somewhere. Think Put I had a Twix a, in it. Put a Twix in a glass of Bovril, please. I had a Bovril. Yeah, had a Bovril. That's all right. That's fine. Like a man just shaking and quivering with his Bovril, <laughs> trying to pretend <laughs> it's giving right. him a buzz. The way you started that story, I thought you were going to be like, you know, it's weird driving to the football without a drink in me. You know, it's weird. <laughs> I would say it so much longer. I would say, Andy, um, the, the match I believe you watched was the goalless draw between West Ham and Brighton. Yeah, I, I not one for the purists bit, yeah. or even the casuals. It was definitely a drinkers, a drinkers game. That one. <laughs> yeah, um, it was the 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 football over the festive period was was interesting. Uh, Celtic beat Rangers. Let me just put that on the record. But we mm. played uh, terribly as we have been doing recently. So brother Brendy's at the, the wheel. Yeah. Has the season for terrible football? Uh, Pete, you're going to your Newcastle United are going to finish in what twenty fifth at this point if they don't stop conceding five goals a game. Honestly, John, I just want to get through this Sunderland test, and I am calling it a test. This is there's no upside to playing Sunderland in the state we're in at the moment. No upside. Yeah. You're not going to go. Uh, no, no, I'm not. No, not in uh, the stadium of light. I've uh, dirtied my feet for the last time in that stadium. <laughs> rotten, I read, I read yesterday. Geordie, the Geordies have actually been banned from all public transport. Going to that game. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's been, they've, right. been, they've been bubbled. It's one of those oh, rare lordy. games where well, it, well, the trouble is deemed so high, uh, yeah. exactly so high that, that you actually can't travel there 
unless the police escort you. Yeah, well, well, they, they've sort of started selling, and you know, obviously this is a video and podcast, but they've started selling a lot of the. They've started moving um, Stadium of Light Sunderland season ticket holders just so they can accommodate the more moneyed uh, Newcastle kind of corporate clients, which is which I imagine goes down really well with the <laughs> Mackums. Wow. What hubris. Uh, well, more on this on Stack's uh, Celtic podcast, which is launching in 2024. <laughs> Look forward hell to hell. that. Hail, hail, indeed. We've got a little smattering, a little fart of news as mm. the as the year gets started. A lot of people seem to have not actually started work again. The lazy I certainly haven't. Start. Yeah. <laughs> Story number one. Switch 2, quote, likely to be iteration rather than revolution, predicts analyst. Uh, that's according to Dr. Serkant Toto, the CEO of Tokyo-based game industry consultancy Catan Games, who contributed his forecast for 2024 in Games Industry annual analyst prediction feature. Although the company is yet to comment publicly, Nintendo's next-generation console is widely expected to launch this year after VGC reported that development kits are already in the hands of developers as a platform holder prepares its plans. According to Catan Games Toto, the console could cost between $400, which is $100 higher than the Switch launched at, and there's a chance that games could adopt the $70 price model of PS5 and Xbox Series X. Um, as far as I'm aware, Andy, the only Switch game that got the $70 was Tears of the Kingdom, is that That's true? right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they didn't quite go over to that uh, that price last gen. Quote, the time is finally here for a Switch successor, even though I still say, I can I can say a pro model actually did exist and certain developers were already working with the dev kit. I believe that the next hardware will drop in 2024 for $400. There's a high chance that the games will cost more too. Uh, he goes on to say this next system is also likely to be an iteration rather than a revolution. Nintendo might add some bells and whistles to the device, but it will be similar to the current Switch. Um, Andy, people seem to take this as quite a surprise, but if you look at the history of nintendo's consoles they they do a lot of iteration you go you go uh you go wii to wii u obviously that wasn't massively successful but you think of like the ds the 3ds the game boy mm-hmm. to game boy advance and um, was that kind of what you were expecting especially with the success of those oh, i think probably first of all hello dr toto i, I yes, believe he's a, <laughs> believe he's a listener um so welcome uh no uh, yeah i think it's probably more the last kind of 10 15 years nintendo have been particularly disruptive right we've going like yeah. we've obviously the wii and the ds and the wii u and then to the switch it's been a little while outside of probably even like ds to 3ds maybe but even that you know the, the 3d at the time seems like a, a big innovation um it's been a while since i guess they've just done that more iterative approach but I guess it's also been a while since they've not shit the bed after they've had a big success, right? Mm. Um, it, sometimes innovation is is forced uh, upon you, I suppose. Um, but obviously, coming off what what looks like it could be their their most successful console ever, um, it, it would kind of make sense that they they kind of take a, a little bit more of a safety first approach, right? I mean, that's probably playing it down as well. Like Nintendo and any platform holder well perhaps not xbox but certainly sony and nintendo they always have a gimmick right like that they sell it on i mean 3d on the 3ds died pretty quickly but still it was like <laughs> oh we all need to try that like it's 3d without the glasses like oh that's no thank old. you just and, slide that right down <laughs> yeah, yeah um but it's again like i mean the stuff on the the P- ps5 as well right got the dual sense and oh you gotta try it. and then very quick no one's ever uh kind of match the potential for that uh, no one's matched the very first game astrobot right they just have not um you know joy cons on switch like the launch game oh the hd rumble and the 
two player, you know, on one uh, console and uh, they they ditched, you know, no one really used that properly. All of the little kind of like gyroscopy stuff was so well reviewed as well. It's kind of, you can feel every yeah. little, like there's little balls inside yeah. that you can feel it so, and nobody cares. Those features and like the PS5 as well, and every PS5 review, reviewers like myself and Andy harp on about the controller because mm. we're drawn to things that are the newest, yeah. hottest thing. Yeah. But that's never the thing that actually lasts to the end of a generation no, no, no it's, it's probably, that's the, the thing that makes people like us buy it first and that's though mm, we yeah. are the people who buy it first the early adopters and you kind of need that that gimmick so a hundred percent no way is this thing turning up and it's just switch two right and it's a bit more powerful and it's got some new buttons on it no way it's going to have a gimmick um 100 percent how, how, however <laughs> i think i think what dr toto is saying and i would say that he's some i know a lot of analysts just you know are guessing right but um dr toto is is a tokyo based um he's embedded in the industry out there i would argue that he's someone who's worth listening to on these to- this topic especially because a lot of the predictions that he made in, in this piece are also stuff that i've heard um so i i would say that he's worth listening to uh, but i don't what i think he's getting at is that it's going to be the next evolution of the same concept right it's going to be a portable 100 percent um you're, you're probably going to be able to dock it um but will it have joy cons like maybe not maybe they kind of get rid of that and they bring in a new idea um you know we're all expecting it to be a little bit more powerful maybe like ps4 pro power yeah. is what's being banded about especially if it if it has um a more powerful cpu and uh and, and some sort of dlss style um kind of ai upscaling then it, it should be pretty nice in terms mm. of power but i i just think it's it's um very much going to be the next iteration of the switch idea rather than you know, like a, a, a something completely left field. Yeah, and um, the good doctor also makes a good point saying, uh, and because there is Pokemon and Pokemon is associated with handheld gaming, there is no way on earth Nintendo will drop the portability feature for their next big thing. And I suppose that's, um, it harkens to something Andy said either on the last podcast or two podcasts ago, I can't really remember, about how um, when this, before the Switch came out, it was always, is this going to be a home console that you can take with you or is this going to be a portable console that you can throw to your telly? And I think it will remain a portable console that you can throw to your telly because Nintendo, uh, in, in the home console market, there's no point competing there because that, that's just not where, where they play. Mm. Is it, is, it, is it just going to be something like really underwhelming, like, you know, wireless HMI or something? Like, it's just no wires, like, and you can just throw, <laughs> throw, the, throw the footage to the television. I don't know. I just, I, I'm just thinking yeah. that it might, I, I'm racking my brains. I mean, not as if like Joy-Cons and the whole kind of like setup that they had with the Switch, that I can sort of think of, uh, none of that was predicted. But um, I just don't think there's that much kind of, you know, it's kind of everything, all these innovations just kind of trailing off a little bit. And I don't know what. Yeah, know it's what also what- Foldable. It's going to be foldable. Yeah, maybe. It's yeah. it's also one of those things that's like you can show off the Joy-Con stuff in like the advert where people are having a party on the roof, mm. but if the if the gimmick for the Switch 2 is it has this cool DLSS feature, like look how it can replicate 4K, yeah. like that doesn't play to uh, a a rooftop party kind of mm. um kind of situation. It also I mean the the billion dollar question is what does this mean for Switch backwards compatibility and how long the Switch will be supported afterwards? Because um, you assume that the big franchises are finished on Switch, but considering the sheer number of Switches, Andy, how long do you think they'll still try to... Oh, they're, they're still going to support Switch. They're still going to support Switch, right? Like, 
I mean, you only have to look at how long they supported 3DS after the Switch came out. I mean, it wasn't extremely long, but it was a couple of years. They had like yeah. some greatest hits games coming out. You know, the, the sort of stuff that we're seeing at the end of the, excuse me, end of this um, uh, this year, which is like HD ports and remasters and stuff like that. Like is the, the, the I say this in quotation marks, easier uh, titles for them to produce, mm. right? Um, but I don't know. Backwards compatibility is a, is a big question. I don't think anyone really knows, especially because that's something that they can i mean a lot of the 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 inf- leaks come from developer kits right with uh as developer kits go out there then naturally the more people know about it then people are going to start talking about it whereas i think backwards compatibility comparatively is something that maybe they can keep more internal i mean obviously there'll be at a high level publishers will know i'll be part of those conversations but i mean it seems myself and other journalists who have reported on this just hear conflicting things that oh it is going to be backwards compatible compatible, but then maybe it isn't going to be backwards compatible at all i mean i heard heard some chat about i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before i had some chat about there was some concern among some of the japanese publishers about the like attach rate with ps5 like amount of game sales that are being amount of games people are buying per console because obviously this is unique uh this generation in that it's the first console you turned on like you turn on your xbox series x or your, your ps5 and your game's already on there like it was yes. not a clean slate right because ps4 and xbox one was the gem where you built your digital library and that right. that's that's why phil spencer said it was the worst generation for them to lose because once you've got your digital library you tend to stick with that right so people bought ps4 probably bought ps5 because all the games are on there Right, and that yeah, naturally has led to fewer game sales per console because it, or in the early days, at least, because people turn it on and say, oh, yeah, my Call of Duty's on there, my Fortnite's on there, you know, mm. my service games, I'm happy. Um, whereas there is the argument that if there's any set of customers who are going to buy everything again, it's Nintendo fans. So I'm, yeah. I'm expecting it to be backwards compatible. I am. It's just I don't want to fly my flag on it, especially with yeah. all the talk that usually you get some sort of sense about the direction they're going to go. Um, Last time, it was kind of like, I think in the inside baseball, it was kind of obvious that they were going to make Switch, like the, the console that they did, the hybrid console, because Nintendo were making strides to do that. They combined their handheld and their um, their home console teams. They did that in the years up to it. So it was right. obvious what they were going to do, right? They're, they're doing that for a reason. Um, and now the chatter is all about the Nintendo accounts. They always bring it up in all their, their investor calls, um the nintendo accounts the most important thing to them keeping that audience they don't want to reset the audience every time they transition because that's been painful for nintendo because now things are rosy but what happens is, is they bring out a new console and it's less successful and then they hurt again um so they talk a lot of uh, what does that mean right your digital account what that means is making it as seamless as possible to go to the next console so that would kind of suggest exactly what i've just explained that you get a new console and your games are on there and stuff mm. so I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Is it? Yeah. Uh, w- would it be funny if, um, for whatever reason, some s- strange quirk of how they've kind of set up the um, dev kits and, and the, um, the the new Switch Two going forward, that that um, uh, wonky little sort of flash card that uh, is apparently coming out that's imminent for the Switch um, <laughs> somehow jailbreaks the new one as well? <laughs> that would be problematic. Well, it did, that's it how they get in. <laughs> it didn't happen with uh, 3DS. Yeah, because I mean, the the R four card and DS was like. Uh, oh a my huge God, disaster for them. It was yeah. a disaster, right? Publishers literally stopped releasing their games on DS mm. because piracy was so high. Um, and you would have bet your house at the time, well, that means that you're not going to be able to put the cards into 3DS, but that wasn't the case. 
um, at, at launch. So, so yeah, they'll find a way around that. But I mean, I don't think it's particularly great news when that thing happens because the consumers, it means that the publishers are going to release less games. Nintendo is going to come down and put even more strong restrictions on, you know, kind of normal users. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we will see. Uh, someone who probably knows what's going on with Switch 2 is uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Not not too sure, but he might have an idea. Or too busy two. with theme parks, mate. Yeah. Too busy hanging about with Kesa McDonald, friend of the show. Um, Still no plans to retire, says the big man. Quote, more so, I'm thinking about the day I fall over. Um, Speaking to The Guardian in a new interview, the director discussed his plans for the future, saying, uh, in this day and age, you have to think about things in a five-year time span. So I do think about who I can pass things on to in case something does happen. I'm really thankful that there's so much energy around things that I have worked on. Uh, these are things that have already gone, gone out into the world. They've been cultivated by others. Other people have been raising them, helping them grow. So in that sense, I don't feel too much ownership over them anymore. Um, Andy, surely there's a succession plan in place. Um, Miyamoto, I mean, he, he's looking in, in rare health for 71, but he was also famous for smoking about 300 fags a day back in the day. So yeah, um, time catches up to all of us. What do you think? Do you think he's, he's, he's got a hand-picked successor? Uh, I think um, if you want to look at that, that happened 10 years ago, you know, like, uh, I mean, a few people would disagree that games, Nintendo's put out some phenomenal games in the last 10 years, right? Like yeah. quality has not dropped off. Probably um, their best since the, since the Super NES. I, now, I, I don't think quality's dropped off at, like at all, yeah. like in their history. Mm. Um, I, I, I really don't. And probably Miyamoto really started transitioning to younger creators like as far back as 10, 15 years ago. Um, I mean, he, the last game, someone's going to correct me in the, in the comments, I'm sure. I think the last game he directed was Super Mario 64. Mm. I might be wrong. Maybe it was Pikmin 1, but certainly you're not going past that. So you're going back 20 years, basically. More than 20 years in the case of uh, Super Mario 64. Um, I think when he when he was made a fellow... I don't know what year that was, but I think even at the time I remember thinking, well, they, this is in all but name, like a soft retirement. I mean, you look at the projects that he's involved in, he's not really hands-on with development anymore at all. He hasn't been for some time. He's a like supervising producer. So at high concept level, he'll give feedback. But this is his own, um, in his own words, he's not involved in the, the day-to-day. Um, he's He takes, from these recent interviews, it seems that he takes his enjoyment these days in having lots of different things to do and trying yeah. new things. And that's why he's been inv- heavily involved in the Super Mario Brothers movie and the Nintendo World theme park and making those great. And I can see why, like, and you can see his, uh, his fingerprints on those. So, you know, long, long may he continue. Do, do um, companies and studios need like that kind of central figurehead these days? Obviously, are, are we kind of past that? Because, I mean, obviously he's such a big figure for such a long time and Nintendo have had you know, two or three probably in their history. That people well, I'd say in a, from a cynical point of view, if he wasn't there, their share price would bomb. Right. Just from a, just <laughs> yeah. from a cynical point of view. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe he's, I know we're not used to people uh, uh, like executives at big companies telling the truth, but maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe mm-hmm. he's like, this is, I get to do lots of different stuff here and I don't want to retire. I'm happy. You know, I'm not, I haven't, don't have to have the stress and crunch of having to put out a, a video game, you know, and work on these big all encompassing five year projects. Um, I get to try new stuff and see new people. Um, you know, maybe he's, he's telling the truth. I think Japanese companies in particular um, have, uh, you know, high retention rates, right? I mean, especially Nintendo. 
I think it was like 97% or something, plucking that figure out of the air, I seem to remember. Just no one leaves Nintendo because they look after their employees. Mm. Yeah, you also, as like a as a figurehead, he must be still such a draw for people that want to go and work there. Like, even if he's just, there's a funny bit in the interview where he was saying that um, one of his one of his employees was interviewed and asked about his feedback process, and he just comes in and says, "This is bad. This is bad. This is yeah, bad." Yeah, he basically and- says, "Very rare to ever hear any comment." I think, but the Miyamoto behind the scenes is uh, a bit more workmanlike than the the fun, happy chap that we see in public, as he has to be, right? All geniuses yeah. uh, uh, have to have high standards and and um, enforce those, right? I mean, <clears throat> when I've been in um, in Japan on my travels and met people who've worked with Mr. Miyamoto, um, a lot of the talk is about his standards and how whenever I've asked, um, well, how come, say, for example, um, like the Fire Emblem games are like super iterative or the Kirby games, you know, they just pump them out, right? seems that they just put one out every year or every other year, same with Pokemon, and yet we can't get an F-Zero, or we can't get a Star Fox. And um, the answer was because they're not Mr. Miyamoto's games. Those are Mr. Mm. Miyamoto's games, and he holds the standards. We're not pumping out a uh, Star Fox this year. We're not pumping out another you know, Zelda. There has to be a reason f- for one to be released, a new innovation. They need to Nintendo be 10 dogs. Give me a Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo, there's a there's a that is nintendo is a hugely nostalgic title for an era of um folk that uh is yet to be capitalized on the era that still is made games uh steel diver we need we need to, wasn't that 3ds launch game that that most yeah. recent steel diver really showed um, the 3d pete, pete you, you mentioned figureheads uh we are both wrestling boys mm. uh, and we've seen the the changes that have happened since uh one vince mcmahon has um basically divested his creative control over the company and, and um, grabbed it back <laughs> grabbed it back, <laughs> and then seemingly um since the since the tko group who own ufc and wwe have came back into power they have hoodwinked him into having basically no power whatsoever and triple h <laughs> runs all the um the creative stuff and it has been a substantial change obviously people were complaining about the way he ran the company beforehand but um and kind of and a difference to how Nintendo is run now. Do you think that when Miyamoto shuffles off, um, it will it will breathe, not breathe new life into Nintendo, but will will it be a moment for them to kind of reflect and say where do we want to go now, kind of thing? I I think companies. I I feel a bit more confident with companies when they've got this kind of like centralized kind of figure or or, or two or three people. I think I think Nintendo is such a so they 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 products are very human but the way that they seem to treat their fan base is rather inhuman at times <laughs> i just think that having like a, a figurehead just helps a little bit with, with with that sort of stuff and and to have someone who can sort of talk with with passion and compassion about you know just simple stuff like protecting one's ip and understanding how how it all works in in a in in the global market i think is 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 so important you know i'll, I'll uh, since uh, I will say for one thing, since UFC have taken over, um, uh, TKO have taken over WWE, um, the WrestleMe uh, YouTube page has been very hard to administer. A lot of IP, 
complaints uh, kicking over and, and our editor just spends most of the time just arguing the toss about fair use and fair dealing so in, in many ways they're very similar to Nintendo because you can't do diddly squat with any of their stuff oh Andy do you remember the old YouTube process for Nintendo where you'd have to if you wanted to make money off their content you had to submit your video to them really like you, would have to, wow. you would have to make it public oh mate I mean if, if, if Chris Cullion was here he'd tell you some real stories I mean um, working on the official Nintendo magazine and um, and obviously I'd be in the same uh, room as them, you know, for for years and years and years and years and and yeah, like I mean, Pokemon, Pokemon Company is obviously by far the the, the worst, but it's yeah. usually usually it's stuff like you go to Nintendo Jail for changing the proportions of the characters on a <laughs> spread. You've made that one slightly like bigger, so like you're in huge trouble if you do that. Huge right. trouble. God, yeah. imagine, imagine if Sega ever saw all that disgusting pornography I've got of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, <laughs> I mean it'd be, you, you, don't, you make a joke, but I was going to name them, is that you can see what happens when you, you know, when drop you those yeah. with Sega <laughs> and Nintendo. Is that Sega's IP doesn't feel as special because they just never, it doesn't feel like they've had the same respect. Into, no. I mean, okay, look, fans get to do loads of stuff, but at the same time, it's just a load of tripe everywhere. Fans right? are idiots. So let's make this very clear. There's a lot. No one can be trusted with anyone's IP apart from the IP holder. So like when, a, when, a, when a new Star Fox eventually comes out, it'll be special, right? It'll be a special moment because they haven't allowed 50 million spiritual successors and knockoffs to mm. uh, go out in the years since, like Sega do. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, um, but the I mean, the Pokemon company is protective but uh, the fans find a way the fans always find a way final story before our break <laughs> and it's the biggest news of 2024 the Xbox Series S toaster is finally here <laughs> um, after images first appeared uh, a year ago um, retail sleuth Wario64 who sidebar Andy how many people do you think Wario64 is because there's no way it's one guy give me a figurehead give me the he's, Wario64 he's, he's one guy I'm, I'm in his discord he's one guy I mean, it can't I mean, be one I mean, guy. It cannot be one guy. It is indeed one It's got man. to be a team. I am Wario64. Um, Although there is, he, he definitely has a team of guys who yeah. find deals and stuff. But he's one yeah. man, yeah. Get him on the podcast. Um, <laughs> we would <laughs> get him on the podcast and every 10 minutes he would be like, uh, you can get COVID tests at Walmart for seventeen dollars. Uh, you can get uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land for twenty dollars. It's, it's, it's useless without the uh, the affiliate link, mate. Useless. <laughs> um, this toaster is going to be forty quid. Uh, the description is great. Achievement unlocked. Optimal carb experience. This appliance will take your kitchen countertop to the next level. The shade selector dial lets you <laughs> lets you toast your bread, English muffins, frozen waffles, and bagels exactly how you like them every time, anywhere from lightly toasted to dark um this is cool more importantly Pete, what color do you like your toast oh i like it um as close to being unpalatable as possible as, as, as dark as it'll go before i agree oh, really? you, st- yeah. you start to smell issues you I start agree. to smell the cancer you'd be like oh god i've, I've gone <laughs> no, too far bro. No, no, I, bro. Like it. I, I like it to be just off white oh I like, like a little it's not toast then is it very slightly <laughs> it's like the, the slightly chewy Perfect. You get that. You get your butter. You go wild. Oh, just... Chewy toast. That's, that's it's just that's... just soggy, wet kind of. Uh. Oh, would yeah. you not like? I, I I I mean, I would sort of say that I am a man who the only thing I have on toast is a very specific um, form of marmite with truffle in it. There's truffle Ooh. marmite, and, I, and that's I've not. Been, I've been and looking that sounds for that. fancy. 
It's good stuff. I've had a jar on the go for about two is, is years. That, is that like just I don't think in it's right shops? anymore. I don't know where. I don't know where. Um, I, I, like you know Waitrose. what? It might have been Waitrose, actually. It might yeah. have been Waitrose. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that does sound like Tory Marmite, doesn't it? Yeah, massively, massively. I remember uh-huh. uh, I remember um, uh, the um, radio presenter, Sean Keaveney, uh, who I think did six music for a bit and then, and then, and then slipped off to, to Globe, I think. He, um, when he's at XFM, he used to send me upstairs for like uh, Marmite and Toast and a, and a fried egg. Um, with as much Tabasco uh, as I could handle on, like as I could just absolutely empty a bottle of Tabasco. And he went, hey, Peter, hurt me. And I just always think <laughs> of every time I'm putting too much marmot on a bit of toast, I'm like, hurt me. <laughs> Anytime I work too hard to make it uh, unpalatable. Difficult See, I like, I, like, I like toasted cheese with Frank's Red Hot on top of it. That's, oh, that's the stuff. The lovely, so refreshing nice. energy. It just gets, it gets caught right there, right in the old Adam's <laughs> apple. <laughs> and I was just like, this is, this is going to ruin everything I eat for the rest of the day. It's, <laughs> wonderful. Wash it down. We're a big, fat monster. Speaking of big, fat monsters, we'll be back after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, one and all. I hope you have your toast and Tory Marmite ready for our feature of the week, which is a um. I don't know why I said that as if we do it every week. This is a this is very much a one and done. You can't really do your predictions for the year in like March. Um, we have come up with three predictions for the world of video games in twenty twenty four. We'll go round the table and see what we're going for and react to each other's predictions. I will begin. First prediction, Xbox will introduce an Xbox branded handheld in collaboration with ROG or someone else. Oh, I like that, Jordan. I like that a lot, in fact. I mean, the, the, the Game Pass, the Game Pass, I sound like my dad, the Game Pass it looks, <laughs> it looks and runs very well on the ROG ally already. So right. if they just wanted to put a wee Xbox shell around that, there are some people with uh, AI uh profile pictures on twitter that would go wild for that so uh, i think it's possible yeah. Andy, what do you think xbox entering the handheld market without actually having uh, to spend yeah money on yeah I, I what you mean is they're gonna let someone else use their logo yeah which is basically what they already do if you mean if you mean something like a playstation portal yeah i could see that peripherals make money yeah, but this is more them not having, because Xbox is already a money pit, so this is them not having to actually spend money on it. They can just say, oh, we have a handheld too, but it's in a collaboration with people who yeah, are I can see that. I can see that. Phil Spencer seems to, to love that kind of uh, device as well. He's always yeah. allegedly, you know, playing on the go. There's a lot of that those kind of like... playing games. There's a lot of those like white label kind of Chinese variants of the Rogue Ally as well. So, I mean, there's, there's loads of 
variants kicking around. You wouldn't have to necessarily spend all that money working with one of the bigger boys. You just sort of go, well, I'll just license that thing and stick Game yeah. Pass on it. Oh, it's I like the biggest, it. the biggest downfall of the the Steam Deck ecosystem that Game Pass doesn't work on it. Well, mm. you can you can like stream it, but it doesn't work natively. Um, but if if they could get that going, that would be pretty cool. Um, Andy, give me your prediction number one. Uh, mine are a bit boring. My Go prediction, my prediction's the same as Doctor Toto's prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Toto. Um, Switch, Switch Two will launch this year, and it'll be uh, iterative. That's it. So I've pretty much already done mine because we talked about it at the top of the at the top of the show. That's when it's going to have come out the end of this year. I think they'll reveal it in March. Um, but again, this is my my prediction, my speculation um, before it's turned into a new story somewhere. <laughs> um, and I think it will launch with a 3D Mario game. It might be Mario Odyssey 2. No, we're um, right. And they'll have all of the big hitters announced. Uh, there'll be a Mario Kart. There'll be a Pokemon. There might even be a Smash Brothers by name. Uh, they will have every big franchise right up in front. And they'll have a game come out. This is what Nintendo do. It's not a bad guess. You know, they release a game every month. And their last couple of consoles, especially Switch, Switch was a success because they launched with every main franchise there in the first year and they'll do the same for the next one uh, I, I don't think that's about uh, the pokemon shout specifically i think was probably a good one because it won't be the next generation because they'll almost certainly so the pokemon generations are on three or three year cycles so that should be 2025 however 2026 is a 30th 30 year anniversary of the franchise so they'll probably save the next big big one for that but they could do a remake easily like they did let's go yeah it could be another let's go or something like that yeah i love another let's go come on man (laughs) um somewhat i'm i'm assigning some one of the vgc maniacs to keep track all this become our official record keeper that comes uh, the 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 position comes with no pay but that's the same as all positions at vgc Um, (laughs) so for mine yeah so for yours your first prediction i think uh the industry uh will adopt um ai in development um in in the graphical uh, sphere and everyone will get over it really really quickly <laughs> like Ooh. surprisingly quickly you know now it's quite toxic you know obviously xbox yeah. did a bit of artwork some some you know some 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 where all the faces like that, where all the faces all, are all, and... all messed up and stuff and the, there was wires going into a thing that wasn't really lit up and stuff it didn't make any sense um and so like yeah i think i think the video companies will um adopt it i mean obviously they will at some point but i think it will be the first um sphere in which it is more acceptable to do so because so much of the development is about making the machine work smarter i suppose so i think it'll it'll be a space that allows the rest of the creative arts to, uh, to to flirt with it a bit more because at this moment in time it's incredibly toxic but it does save it does save, save um, yeah they, i think it's, it's worth that's worth saying i mean there's a lot of um like genuine legitimate uses for ai that are not cutting out people right it's Artists, just making yeah. people's people's jobs easier i mean mm. a lot of um you know a lot was made of the 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 headlines this week of the square enix president who said that they were gonna uh i can't remember the exact uh phrase but he said they were gonna like extremely you know lean into ai mm. but actually if you look at the what they've how they've used it because they used it on final fantasy 7 remake and they used it for example, um, when they were writing the game. So this is something that I've I've done, right? So when I when I wrote the ukulele games, you're basically you're writing them in a spreadsheet, right? And you'll put stuff in there like, oh, um, the character has this, um, he's sad or he's happy. Like you'll put their their mood in, so and that will automatically assign, you know, the animation or the color of text on it and this person speaking. And you put all that in the spreadsheet, right? 
Mm. For Final Fantasy VII Remake, they had they built a tool that automatically detected the tone of the voice uh, of the right. voice actor and the words and worked out what mood they're and changed the facial expression slightly. So the facial wow. expressions were already animated, but it would like elevate them, improve them automatically with AI like that. And it, it did the same for the camp. It used that same data uh, for the camera angles to like, oh, you might want to close up if they're like really like it's a really dramatic moment or something like that, right? And and also Xbox have just um, uh, signed some uh, agreement, and they they talk. Uh, it's a similar uh, thing about like NPC dialogue and things like that, where it's gonna they're gonna use AI to help end NPC dialogue, perhaps make it more apparent. You can't expect one writer to you know sit there and go forever in the games of these size. Um, and also, it, it, that's a legitimate way to help make your game because some of it is scientific, right? When you're designing yeah. a game, like if you're writing dialogue, I mean, and I've done this, right? And the designers would have shouted me at the time going, no, 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 you need to be more clear. You need to keep saying, yeah, you need to go and get press that switch. Oh, did you press the switch yet? You know, before your gags, you know, put your yeah. gags like, somewhere else, right? <laughs> put your gags away. A lot of it is functional. And AI can do that job. It can tell you, look, you should be telling the player more to do this, to point them towards this content. And I think probably we should be talking about that more, that games are on the verge of being unsustainable now, AAA games. Like, we're close. you've seen how many people, how many layoffs there have been, right? I mean, don't be wrong, they're making millions and millions, but it's fewer, bigger games are making, hovering up all the audience and making all the money because they take 10 years to make now. And like Spider-Man uh, 2, like, took like allegedly like 200 300 million dollars to make right um these these games you need to do something something's got to give you need to help these these people who make these games you need to help them and ai i think can do that if it's done responsibly and and bear in mind like ai's been used in games since the uh, dot like it, but i just think our kind of understanding of what is acceptable ai i think it's just like cutting the artists out of the deal i suppose isn't it and obviously yeah, on the, you know jumping on, using you know using data sets that um that, that have been uh, taken taken from elsewhere i suppose that that's the new you know I'm, I'm, we're all totally against that right we're totally against yeah, any ai possibly. used for any kind of art right i mean ai is you know we're we're in the firing line as well you know what we do ai is like coming for a lot of us but i think artists in particular already weren't as valued as they they should be um within a lot of a lot of fields and i think they should be protected from ai yep <clears throat> well that got very serious good points made all around um my second one um jim ryan will return to playstation no um my second prediction playstation will announce a large acquisition that's the, that's the fun part of the prediction <laughs> the punt square enix i think it's time i think they do it i think they end up being they're already functionally the exclusive home of, of final fantasy so I think they announce uh, an acquisition of Square Enix and they come out and go, oh, don't worry, Xbox, you can still have Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it, Hen. But see all these games that were already exclusive to us? We're keeping them. And I would maybe put the caveat that they still put the weird, sw- the stuff that only goes Switch. Do they still do that stuff? Like your, 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 your kind of super serious RPGs. But mm. um, Andy, this is, the, this is the prediction that shall only die. A couple of years ago, there was a... The, there was knockings on the door that people were pretty sure this was happening kind of in the in the backstage in the in, in the cafe realm so what do you think about that what were the, what were they saying there were rumors that it was happening yeah a few, a few years ago there was uh, there, were, there was chat there was people that would people that would know sent messages to people 
on this podcast with no hair that made me very convinced that it was happening. But um, what were they saying? That the PlayStation was. This is not a story. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to do the Andy Robinson uh, disclaimer, this is not a story. But uh, there was a, there was messages a few years ago uh, that saying that that the Square acquisition was happening and was happening enough that it seemed that. Um, I, I from the gist that I get of it. Um, on the Square situation, I know there are way bigger Square experts than me working in the media, um, but I understood that obviously they've changed CEOs in the last six months. Yeah. And from my loose understanding, the new guy, the, the old guy made all the exclusivity deals and the new guy is now un, like basically like, that's a mistake. We need to be on everything. I mean, obviously you have to look like one of the first things he's done is gone on stage with Phil Spencer and announced Final Fantasy fourteen for Xbox. I mean, I, I might be wrong, but I swear. I, I, if if that was ever happening, then I'd, I'd say, yeah, maybe I'm not the last guy. But from my loose understanding, the the newer guy seems to be more about we need to be more like Capcom because Capcom mm. are the most successful third party um, core yeah. games developer in Japan by far. Um, and when's the last time Capcom did an exclusive game? I mean, you could say maybe Monster Hunter Rise on Switch, right? I don't think that you- counts. I don't think that's a timed deal, right? That's more yeah. like. Because Monster Hunter Rise is like the 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 other Monster Hunter, you know, Monster Hunter Wells, the big boy one on the big powerful consoles, and then they did Rise for the lesser ones, and then mm. it's more like makes good business sense to like port it some other time. But when was the last time that they like you know, oh, Resident Evil Four is only on you know PlayStation, right? That would have been an easy what deal. Right? That would have been... You know what I mean? Like Square Enix would have done that deal. Oh yeah, but Resident can... Evil Four would have been, but then they would have sold less. Yeah, and I suppose that is the argument that Square. It's quite ha- well. PlayStation are obviously funded Final Fantasy at this point, like the main series, so they're quite happy to just maybe maintain that. But um, it's the the acquisition wars have yet to die. But we'll see. Um, hello to reset era. Um, Andy, prediction number two. Jim Ryan's replacement will be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Mister Don Matrick. Here we go. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it could be Don Matrick S. There are PlayStation yeah. are at the peak of their hubris right now, right? Yeah, they have not engaged properly with their fans since before the PS5 came out. They don't attend. Uh, have not intended uh, attended or intended to attend an E3 when it existed or it was going to exist for more than five, six years, right? They are, they, they, they are by far, PS5 has been a runaway success, right? It's outsold yep. uh, Xbox by multiple, multiple times in the last year. They cannot sell enough of them. They're going to break records the amount of PS5s. They're being rewarded for their hubris, right? They've been playing it relatively very safe. You know, Jim Ryan's uh, business plan towards the end was very much the low-hanging fruit. Let's make more live service games, expand into PC and mobile. That's how you make more money. I could have done that, right? Um, not, not, um, you know, kind of put, put it pushing down on the, uh, the the skills and the the expertise of Mr. Ryan. But I just uh, also during that time, PlayStation has centralized in the US, gutted off all their teams everywhere else. It's very much it is run out of the US, right? You, you can say uh, other, you know, a lot of the US press like to say about how well there's a British man in charge and there's a Dutch man in charge of studios and whatever. They're run out of the US, right? Yeah. So this is going to be the first big opportunity for the US to put their man in. It's I predict it's going to be some marketing dude from PlayStation. Uh, and I, I think a lot of a lot of negative stuff has been said about Jim in a lot of fan circles. He's not hugely popular. I don't mean he was hugely popular. Probably because he played it safe, right? Because they closed like Japan Studio and things like that. A lot of the, the niche, more colorful parts of PlayStation that, that uh, we all loved. Um 
but he's also a hugely experienced company man. He was there from the very start, right? Whenever I've been to PlayStation, uh, to SEE in the UK, in London, you know, you see Jim Ryan walking around, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he turns up to people's leaving dues and stuff like that. Like he's a proper PlayStation man. He gets it. Yeah. I have serious reservations on whether they're going to replace him with someone who has that. I think it's going to be a bit more of a cynical appointment and maybe I'm not being fair, but it's just a vibe I get from, you know, the, the, how things have been going. It's PlayStation's become very mechanical, right? Very machine-like in how they operate. And it's, it's been doing wonderful for them. They're, they're better. PlayStation's doing better than it's ever done, right? Maybe they'll hand it over to an AI, man. <laughs> just hand it over to <laughs> yeah. AI. I've just got the horrible feeling that everyone who didn't, the the people who who Jim Ryan wasn't popular with, they're They're now going to find out. (laughs) Fuck around and find out. (laughs) Bring back Andy House. Uh, Pete, your next prediction. Um, I think um, uh, with the video game um, that you won't remember, Jordan, um, Flashback. Uh, I mean, you do remember it because it was a bit of a classic, but another world of Flashback where there were two games um, by a company called Delphine Software. Um, they released um, the back end of this year, Flashback 2. Um, it was atrocious. Uh, it came with like a collector's <laughs> edition with the main guy in his leather jacket shooting a gun. Um, it was atrocious. It was terrible. It was awful. Uh, it, 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 um, I think um, IGN went with the um, leader, um, uh, Corrupted Memory. Awful, awful game. Um, but I think um, Delphine Software will return. Uh, the company who made that, who made, um, uh, yeah, uh, Cruise for Cops, a game I was playing over Christmas, <laughs> trying to get it finished, and Operation Stealth, which I enjoyed as well. So I think Delphine Software, the French develop- developer from uh, that that went um, uh, bankrupt in 2004, will be back in Paris, France. Honestly, Pete, sometimes like uh, you, you often say you said on Looking Pete the Look and Pete show, another fine stack production months ago that's like, oh, the 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 VGC guys are really hardcore in their games and stuff like that. And then I listen to you talk about some of these games you sit and play. I completed the blongy bling. It was, it was brilliant. I just spent I, I was on I was on holiday for uh, for a week and I just spent the entire time sitting out on the, the balcony playing my Steam Deck playing Bunkity Bunk. Uh, Cornels of Vegas. It's like <laughs> the knowledge runs deep. Like it's, I'm just, I just so, want to achieve. That... I just want to achieve Chris Scullion. That's what I just want to be, Chris. <laughs> I, I tell you what. I, if Chris Scullion isn't the number one top streamer of Kick or uh, or, or Twitch uh, by next year, uh, this time next year, um, I'll, I'll be bloody annoyed because I very much enjoyed his Christmas streams where he just, it was just him. Um, I, I, I find you know, I, 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 he can't defend himself, but I find Chris a very steady relaxing presence and i really enjoyed his streaming style and he was streaming a shrek um kart racer which i very much enjoyed people um, so, people uh, say yeah. they turn his um vgc re- video reviews on to like just go to yeah. sleep to yeah the pokemon one specifically is like hello there <laughs> but that makes it but that makes it sound soporific that makes it sound like you know the same way that I'd, i've watched the wiggles in the past just to sort of like nod off the, the kids tv show like it's it's not asinine like i genuinely enjoy his work yeah. as i should do he's very good but i find him very relaxing to listen to so i just think he's he's that beautiful mix of asmr um a library of video games and um uh yeah and and he's great to look at too <laughs> <laughs> um chris chris will return i think he'll be yeah. probably hosting next week while i'm off gallivanting oh lovely. um uh, i think that um the, the the Chris Gullion voice thing is so funny because he's like 
when he does the when he does his video review voice, it just makes me think of the voice that um I had to adopt when I was at the BBC because they wanted you to, to have like the Central Scotland like very right. generic yeah, Glasgow yeah, 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 accent, yeah, yeah. and it couldn't be it couldn't be my Spiky. my neddish paisley twang it had to be like that kind of almost gerard butler like yeah. grand theft auto it's a game that was made in scotland can you believe it? <laughs> well, that's what I you would know have... what sound like well this is it no this is what i sound like now you don't know you never heard I me how i used can't to tell the difference yeah yeah I no, i'm always presenting when... always be presenting when I did my uh, audition for the uh, continuity voice for ITV2, a, a job that I had for about six years, and good God, it was good money, and they died very quickly. But um, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they they said, uh, basically, Pete, um, really ramp up the Northern uh, accent um, because we just want somebody who sounds stupid. And I'm not proud enough <laughs> not to take their 200 quid a fucking session. <laughs> Excuse my language. Oh, <laughs> uh, <that. laughs> oh that's... So... Give us a, give us a, we're going from The Only Way is Essex to... It was, it was mainly The Only Way is Essex. <laughs> Coming up next on ITV2, The Only Way is Essex. They're back. <laughs> Just all that rubbish. <laughs> Brilliant. I'd love to do that. that uh-huh. I want to be the continuity voice for BBC Scotland. Um, my prediction, the third and final. That's quite, that's quite a sad one. Bungie will be fully absorbed into PlayStation. Key Bungie staff will leave and go independent. Andy, what do you think? Writing on the wall for the old mm. bungee. Uh, side note, I think Marathon gets binned. That is a bit of a sad <laughs> prediction. I'm not going to sit here and go, yeah, I think they're all going <laughs> to lose. Like, I don't know. It doesn't feel great now, but they've got a lot of talented guys there. Um, I thought the whole point of getting bought by PlayStation was that you don't have these stupid pressures making you, forcing you to make decisions that are not healthy for your teams. Mm. And yet here we are. Um, it seems ridiculous to me, um, but they're still super, super talented. Let's, oh, yeah. let's see, you know, people people usually work their best when the fire's underneath them, um, when they're not getting fired in the process. Um, so here we go. Let's see how they do. You know, they know the pressure's on for this big expansion. Well, I really hope I'm wrong. It's just that it was a, an absolute shit year. So can can be all sunshine. Well, I think I think if you you could broaden that out. Then yeah, I think there's more shit rolling down the hill for the games industry. Certainly, I don't think mm. it's 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 over nearly at all. I mean, it's it's capitalism, rampant capitalism, really. But the 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 downside of that is that I don't think we've we've seen the full repercussions of people like you know tightening their belts and tightening their spend and. That comes for media outlets as well, unfortunately. Um, so I don't think the, the bad times are over yet, but I hope they are soon. Bad news, Pete. Your automaton budget is going to get absolutely slashed <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we next review it. Sounds like um, podcasts. <laughs> Sounds like the podcast environment. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, mate? Everyone had infinite money in, in 2020 and 2021. Why did that dry up? Who yeah, I say? know, right? It was almost as if it was a big bubble. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the thing that's messed up by podcasts is uh, the iOS update. Any podcast that's over about a year old, it's, it's messed everyone up because what it used to do was when you pause your subscription and then restarted them, uh, it would download all of the shows that you missed. Now it doesn't do that. It just does a week's worth. And uh, that for um, a podcast with a bit of vintage, color ammo, uh, it really has made, <laughs> made it quite difficult. Well, if, if anyone from Apple is listening, yeah, perhaps they could so, uh, get to work on Fuck your ideas that. up. Yeah, help us out, will you? <laughs> I don't My... want Saturday shows. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to introduce a tuesday show tuesday show, tuesday yeah, show. back in back where we were before <laughs> <laughs> every time anyone in the world of football tweets it's like right brasso you're going to come in and please <laughs> <laughs> please come in and talk 
um pete your second prediction uh oh god i thought i did Our third prediction uh, third sorry. prediction okay i think that you remember they um about a year no probably about two years ago now there was that um Decentraland kind of Bitcoin, uh, kind oh, of, yeah. like that that weird island that they want all to live on. Um, I think that's going to happen, <laughs> but it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, it's going to be the metaverse's kind of big, you know, project. I think it's gonna it's gonna rise from the flames. Everyone forgot about it, um, but I think the uh, yeah Decentraland is going to be the hottest IP in video games in 2024 because it's just so alluring, John. <laughs> Oh, there's going to be so many deaths when that happens. So it's, <laughs> that was a, it's a, it's, I saw a thing on uh, TikTok the other day that was like, all the footballers who promoted the NFTs and what they're worth now. And it's oh, like, wonderful. That's absolutely glorious. Your, yeah. your John Terry's, your Neymar's. Your, I was disappointed to see uh, Human Song did one. Like, did come he? On, right? Come okay. on, Sonny. You're not maybe the nice guy, but apparently deleted it after fan backlash. I think uh, the bloke from the darkness did it at a crack as well, and then instantly got served. And then that was when he was that, starting his YouTube career. I seem to know the Justin Justin Justin, Justin Hawkins. Hawkins is that yeah, him? yeah. Nice I, I see him on chat. TikTok a lot now. He, yeah. he just listens to music and goes, "Oh, that's some that's some quite good singing." Yeah, okay. <laughs> I bet cool. he makes more money out of uh, YouTube that he ever made from the darkness. To be honest, <laughs> I don't know, mate. That Christmas song probably makes True. it absolute True. bank. True. That's True. that's the one. Um, <laughs> good one, Andy. Your third and final prediction. E3 will return. Oh, but Andy! It, but it won't be. But it won't be called E3. It's going to be inside oh, the video game Stalker too. Bit of, bit of, <laughs> bit of click wake there for you. Um, <laughs> like, anyone who went to Summer Game Fest last year, right? It just felt like a really small E3. Yeah. And for I've been to the last two, right? So when you really see just a, how little content there was to go around, like E3 couldn't even put on a show, right? The last couple of years for obvious reasons um but this year kind of felt like although this i say last year now 2023 summer game fest of the in-person event just felt like what i would have expected uh, e3 to be if they put it on because there's only there's only so many big games around right um after the pandemic um there's lots of people the pandemic forced them to or encouraged them to stop making pre-release demos so there's not even fewer people with games who've like got games that you can play or, or what have you but it was like a, a little E3, right? I mean, for people at home, I mean, like if you're there, I mean, obviously there's far, far, far fewer people and it's far less international, it's very Western focused. Like it's basically American and British press there. And um, they, they're very, very tight for who they invite. But Ubisoft had a press conference on its own show, like uh, ven- uh, outside venue. Square Enix had a huge uh, Final Fantasy event, like offsite in some like movie studio-esque area. Mm. And um, Xbox had its own event off-site, as it always does, with a press conference. And then obviously you had Jeff's thing, and then you had uh, the the kind of the in-person show with Sega are usually there and Capcom are usually there and um, uh, uh, Tencent's publisher, Level Infinite, and, and there was good stuff to see. It was small, but it was 2023, right? There wasn't really much to show. Next year, I've no doubt it'll go bigger, and there'll be more stuff going on. Xbox have a bigger show. Nintendo have got to do something next this year, right? They've got yeah. to. They've got a new console coming out, right? Thing. Got to let us touch it. Maybe maybe Nintendo put on something. Maybe EA put on something. I mean, EA were at um, Summer Game Fest as well last year. But what? But what I mean is like all this. It, it didn't feel like I didn't when I was there. I didn't see 
what changes they made that really like warranted killing E3 other than it's not in the LA Convention Center and they don't have to pay unions extortionate fees to build their booths. Um, otherwise, it was just like E3. And for people at home, for all points and pu- for all purposes, right? People at home, they don't care it's in the same building. And I think once mm. the content gets back to full swing, it's just going to be like a mini E3 again. Like it's ju- everyone's announcing games in June. They're throwing on their press conferences. Some are in person, some are not in person. The press are out there getting hands on. They're, um, they're, they're interviewing the developers. So I'm quite confident that it will we'll get to a stage where we'll go, well, E3 kind of didn't go away, did it? It just changed into summer game fest yeah <clears throat> i want to go this year i'm going to use my avios and go and sit in jeff's pool party and uh punch jeff grub in the face that's a promise um that is our predictions for 2024 i think there's some good stuff in there uh whoever is right at the end of the year will get um a bottle of pete's homemade uh, truffle marmite can you yes. arrange that pete yeah um, i'll do it's basically just um smushing mushrooms into normal marmite nice what kind of mushrooms? The good just, stuff? Just, just, just the, the waitress best. Waitress best. Ah, of course. God, you've changed. <laughs> no, well, I, I suppose you've always, you've always been part of the, the woke karate. This is just, you've just really no. embraced it. Exactly. With your Harvard white shirts and your, your, <laughs> your clean face. I've, got, I've actually got bolognese down the front of the shirt. You can't see it. So. Bolognese? Bolog- bolognese. <laughs> it's not a special kind of bolognese. <laughs> That's what oh. bolognese. What's for dinner tonight, darling? <laughs> Uh, Pete Donaldson's bollocknades (laughs) okay folks very quickly before we go because I said I'd read a couple I'm going to read some predictions from Twitter I want uh, a a yes or no from both of you do not elaborate Uh, Chris Scullion never heard of him says 1 versus 100 on Xbox yes Uh, yes yes that's a yes confirmed Uh, Courtney says Viva Piñata 3 no no oh god they cancelled one of those a few years back (laughs) hello again reset era um jordan midler will give a game five out of five on vgc (laughs) several times what's what's the closest what's the closest you've ever come for a game that didn't deserve it (laughs) oh god (laughs) that's a whole different than that one (laughs) oh starfield um, a new banjo kazooie? No, I love how anytime banjo kazooie comes up in the news, Grant is just like they're not fucking doing it. So you should have asked that one with elaboration because I know for a fact that some of the Activision studios, uh, one of the Activision studios, is pitching for a new game. Mm. Um, but because he's because there are there's that 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 fella uh, Nate the Hate who's the 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 sleuth, yeah yeah, the podcast sleuth who's uh, sometimes uh, or seems a lot of times have really good information. Um, he's insisting that there's a game in development, um, but certainly I don't know anything about that. And you can see from what Grant posts that he's very very doubtful about that. Uh, <laughs> however. Someone, an Activision studio pitching a game doesn't really reflect that because they're just coming in and they won't know what those guys are doing. So you don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like when they when they had Banjo and Smash, there was like literally like less than a, your a handful of people knew about that outside of uh, Nintendo. Mm. Like I mean, you know, probably maybe more. There'd be people at Microsoft, but it's only at like rare. Only a handful yeah. of people knew about that. Um, so I, they're very very secretive. They're very very good at that. So I wouldn't put it past them. It'd be it'd be disappointing if none of the original guys are involved, right? But I guess they're determined to do that as well. Hmm. Um, Raptor with one of our some of our final predictions. Uh, Raptor, big ass content creator. Come on, this show, Jor. You've got nearly a million subscribers. Come on, we need we need your we need your hype. Um, 
PlayStation Pro is six hundred dollars in twenty twenty four. Yes or no? That seems a little high. Surely. Y- yes, I'm going for yes. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, better sales. What's, than the, that what's, the, what's the current the current one? Four fifty. Well, it's cheaper than that, is it not? I mean, it's four fifty, right? And then how yes, much? How much I, is the I, bloody PSVR two? <laughs> a billion. But uh, to be fair, uh, as, wait. Uh, Google is useless. See if you searched for a product that you're trying to buy. The top ten results are always like, "Oh, here it is on StockX for a billion pounds." Um, <laughs> yes, it's, it's about that. So yeah, maybe six six hundred six hundred six hundred mm. squid. Um, uh, and this is an interesting one. Early access for AAA becomes the norm. Yes or no? I think it's already become the norm. Is what's the last game? What's like... the last game that didn't have a hundred quid version that you play a week early? Or is that not what you're talking about? I think I think he means more traditional early access, like um Disco magazine. Like something like <laughs> Disco magazine. Like something like Baldur's Gate 3. That was an early access. Well, it, 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 works, it, it works a certain type of games, right? Yeah. Like early access for Star Wars Jedi Survivor is shit. Right, you're just playing a not finished game. <laughs> Play the first um, level, yeah, 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 brilliant. So it works. It's, it works. It's always worked as well. I mean, you go back ten years. That's been the thing. Like, I mean, there's a reason that Baldur's Gate Three's, you know, been winning so many Game of the Year awards because they were able to build it with, with their community's help, but also build a community while they're making a game. So mm. they come out and they're a huge success on day one. Yeah. Is that not just that not kind of ruin the story though for people? I guess if you yeah, seems like I think with those games, you know? there's so much story in that people don't care. There's like right. thirty thousand endings to that game, so they're like, ah, we'll just do it again. It works I, perfectly for roguelikes. See at Hades too, the games are going to play a million times. It's it's, it's made yeah. for that. Um, okay, thank you to everyone who contributed. Uh, if you could. Go on your podcast platform of choice, leave a review for the show, screenshot it, send it to me at Jordan Midler on Twitter, and I'll give out some game codes. Not to everyone, not to every single one. I'm not I'm not made of codes, but some people will get codes, okay? And it'll be for proper games, not not your not your shite, not your five random Steam games. Crap. Um VGC underscore news on TikTok, just search us on YouTube and wade through all the competitive Pokemon. Um this t-shirt I'm wearing courtesy of uh, gambit gaming you can use code vgc for a discount um this this final fantasy t-shirt was endorsed by ben star who's a, a a budding actor who you may have heard of from final fantasy 16 and other things uh, he's a drip king as well his, his, his suits <laughs> yes. are absolute his velvet suitage is beautiful he's, he's he's i really hate to say it but he's a, he's a lovely lovely man terrible at time crisis um <laughs> we played we played time crisis over christmas and it was absolutely rank rotten <laughs> um reviews are happening uh, i have prince of persia you get a review of that soon i also have the last of us part two remastered review of that at like the mid of the month the end of the month something like that is on my twitter um Send any comments, questions, and concerns to podcast at videogameschronicle.com. I won't be here next week. I'll be gallivanting. I'm going to Texas. Can't say why. Uh, you wouldn't believe me if I told you anyway. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Mittler, Pete at Pete Donaldson, Andy at Andy underscore VGC. We'd like to thank the great banjo denialist Grant Kirkhope for use of the VGC podcast theme. Say goodbye, Pete. Ta-da. Say goodbye, Andy. Bye. Welcome back in 2024, and we'll see you next week. VGC, a video games podcast, is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.